Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Knowledge Exchange podcast. I'm your host for today, Daniel, one of the mentors here at the Knowledge Exchange. And today I'm joined by Joshua Beagley. He's second year accredited exercise physiologist and a past course attendee. Uh, wanted to have a bit of a quick Q&A to see how his practice has changed and what he's doing now in terms of post-course reflection and reconciling all the, the learnings. Because I, so I imagine there was a lot of differences as, as compared to what uh, university has taught us post the, oh. the course. So yeah, definitely, 100%. Thanks for having me and I'm excited to be here. Awesome, mate. So tell me, tell me about your, your journey, Josh. So, so we'll go straight fresh from uni. Straight fresh from uni. So I was unlucky and didn't really secure something straight from placement. So unlike a couple of my mates who went straight in kind of seamlessly. So it was kind of about a two, three month period where I was still trying to find something. It was kind of that hard position where you didn't want to jump onto absolutely anything that was out there, but still didn't want to be too picky. So I was kind of looking for the right thing that found me lucky enough to uh, stumble into a full-time gig in a private uh, practice. Um, and uh, I kind of got thrown into the deep end a little bit in the sense that there was two clinics and there's only two EPs at the company. So in a sense, I was the only EP kind of fresh out, um, which was a bit of a shell shock at first. Um, and kind of being kind of this student for so long to kind of being the one in charge. And, um, but, you know, I soon got after that um, and started gaining confidence. And it also helped kind of through my transition as a practitioner, kind of having that freedom to kind of experiment a little bit and help me grow a lot more. Awesome. So that was a year into, into the private clinic. What kind of uh, population did you see at that time? Population. Yeah, so uh, uh, predominantly a lot of the uh, um, patients we saw were uh, a lot of lower limb based patients. Um, so a lot of knee osteoarthritis, a lot of more acute injuries like here, patellofemoral pain, patella tendonitis, but also got a lot of other just general, general patients, lower back pain, all, all the good stuff thrown in there as well. So a little bit of everything. So yeah. mainly like musculoskeletal cases. Yeah, definitely musk, like. more musk base. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, for done sure. for that. The, the new grad position full-time in a private clinic. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it was, I was quite chuffed with that. So, yeah, it was good. And you, you mentioned you were thrown into the deep end. So tell me, yes. so initially, how was it? I mentioned a bit confronting at, at first, kind of running yeah, the show definitely. in a way. Yeah, definitely. Oh, I remember yeah. the, night, the night before I started kind of not getting much sleep at all, kind of having this kind of like debate internally on like what I'm doing, um, especially with the whole, at the time, like the, there was a huge thing I was reading online on one of the forums with EPs v physios and kind of where I fit into that narrative, especially being in a musk kind of setting. Um, and then also just, you know, the usual kind of self-doubt, you're like, yeah, I'm just fresh out of uni, what do I know? And all these people are coming to see me and, uh, you know, I don't want to stuff up and all those things. Um, but, you know, it was, yes, I made a few mistakes along the way. Yes, I stumbled over words in consults, but you don't really learn until you try and definitely found my feet fairly quickly. But yeah, it was just a little bit of a hurdle to get over at the start. I think that's really important to know as well, because there's lots of new grads out there that are going to be hit with this. So it's, it's good advice to know that you know, the mistakes are, are part of the yeah. process. 100%. Yeah, definitely. I'm and kind of a very firm believer that mis uh, I guess if you make a mistake, you learn from it and you're never going to make that mistake again. So I always welcome mistakes with open arms because I found that's the best way I develop personally, for sure. And in terms of what you learnt from university, what were kind of the, yep. 
the narratives that you were given and, and the, kind of the guidance, if any, in terms of clinical practice post-uni? Definitely. Definitely. So looking at it, a lot of it was more kind of, I guess, each person based on what they presented with became kind of like this, like generic person, like uh, you have, for example, going back to kind of what I see osteoarthritis. So they've kind of probably fit a common trend or they've got knee pain. There's probably something like knee bug I'm going on. So you're going to have to look at the glutes or something like that. Um, and kind of almost giving you like this cheat sheet to a person. And yeah, you're seeing them as kind of an, a, a, a painful knee, a painful shoulder rather than a human being. Um, Coming out of uni, I was quite lucky in the sense that I did have some really good mentors through my placement, which kind of helped me along the way, get me settled in and were quite happy to always help when I needed chats about, I guess, when I didn't know what the hell was going on and what to do. Um, so I was quite lucky in the sense to have those around as well. But yeah, definitely I kind of set early on the wrong path, I feel, based on my time at uni. That's just my personal experience and opinion anyway. Of course. With the, you mentioned uh, the, that you were kind of looking at maybe perhaps more biomechanical technique Definitely. alterations, like cueing would have more, been. Yeah, quite a lot. corrective exercise. And yeah, a lot of, oh, you can't do that because oh, if you can't have your knees behind your toes or in line with your toes, you shouldn't be doing it because it's unsafe. A lot of that kind of narrative, and, yeah, and, which I think is definitely quite common. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And yeah. that would have affected the way that you coached and, and practiced? Yeah, um, I, got, I was getting results for sure. I, like people were moving, still getting better. And so I thought I was doing the right thing. Um, but again, there's so many other factors as we know that can contribute to that, to their kind of their confidence, their efficacy, um, their trust in me, giving them the right thing. Um, but even through my transition, I look back to some of the patients I was seeing at the start and being like, oh yeah, I did tell them to do that. Or times maybe we hit a bit of a plateau um, and maybe it was some of the things I said that kind of limited them from going forward and kind of, you know, reflecting back on that and learning from that and realizing kind of how much I kind of maybe pinned these patients down into a rabbit hole by some of the cues I was giving them and yeah, some of the narratives from my own biases I was putting onto them. Mm. Uh, this is obviously post reflection from, from the recent learnings that you've had. So if we were yeah. to, to go before, the the knowledge exchange course before the enlightenment the wokeness as we like <laughs> the to say <laughs> yeah. with all the the you when you before you were hit with the evidence based practice you were getting results you were yeah. you were you were seeing some changes positive changes with the positive people that changes, you were helping yeah. And, yeah, definitely. and then and then what was the like the the catalyst the catalyst was the change, probably yeah. definitely attending attending the lower limb course in Adelaide and you know. Brendan being Brendan isn't kind of soft with the things. He was quite harsh in the sense that if, I remember the, one of the first things he said was, if, you, if your kind of bias is corrective exercise, you're in for a rude awakening. And kind of that took me aback a little bit. I was like, oh, crap, that's me. Um, so, yeah, it was really just the evidence that was brought up on the course and kind of everything that was talked about. And I remember on the Saturday night, because it was over the weekend, going home to my partner and just having kind of like this huge like rant. And because like on one hand, I completely saw the logic behind it and the evidence. And on the other hand, I was like, well, then what the hell do I do? Like, where does this leave me? Um, so I kind of had like this huge, like, yeah, kind of debate internally about where, what to do. And, what, and I think that was the tough part is there was so much evidence provided on the course and information, but what they, what was never provided was this is the perfect exercise for this. And so it's kind of, which at first was a little bit, 
you know, like, well, what the hell do I do then? How do I go about it? And I think that's the awesome thing is that, well, really, there is no set perfect way to go about it. And it was just a case of taking that on board and understanding that and kind of rolling with it, essentially. So you went from like the, the cheat sheet, finding out, like, categorizing people into different subgroups. Okay, Definitely. starting with week one to two, these are the exercises, then progressions Definitely. all the way. Definitely. And then you were like, yeah. nah, that's, that's all maybe wrong. <laughs> yeah, mate. Yeah. So like, all my spare time was spent looking at, you know, blog posts, research papers, trying to find, you know, what the perfect exercise is. Are oh, they doing this exercise for this kind of person? What am I missing? And then kind of like trying to find the perfect list of exercises for everyone that would just work for everyone. And then wondering why someone like the patient I saw before who responded really well to maybe doing a, a glute activation exercise, the next person didn't and they weren't kind of getting any better. So, yeah. Mm. And so you were, you were hit with the, the backfire effect. The, yep. you, you had to rant it all out. Mm-hmm. And, and it was kind of, <laughs> you were stripped from your identity. Uh, I'm just, I'm yes. putting words in your mouth. Like, tell <laughs> no, me. No, 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 very much. Well, I had a similar experience. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was very much, uh, I probably, my, my full point, I probably spent about three hours ranting about everything. Um, but I could never floor the, the information or the evidence that was there. It was more kind of, that kind of trying to reject it because it you know, went against my own opinions, my thoughts, my biases. So, yeah. And going into then the, the Sunday, the, the day after, was there, um, was there a patient demo in that one? Uh, yeah, there was a patient demo. So it was kind of good to see it all in action. Again, it was more the subjective assessment. There wasn't much, uh, there was a little bit of a kind of prescription at home, but again, it was more kind of that exploration, see what, how this goes. Um, which again, to my way of practicing at the time was very much, this is the set regime. This is what you should be doing. So to kind of have not much structure again, was a little bit of a shock to the system. Um, but it was good to kind of see it in action and try and kind of put it together in my head and imagine like those patients that was springing to mind as I was watching it where, okay, this would work really well for, and then just trying to piece together how I was going to slowly implement this um, in my own practice. Yeah. Was that the first kind of time you were exposed to, to that, that way where it's like a pretty long subjective compared to maybe um, what you've seen before? Or? Yeah, I, I guess so. Um, and I, I guess coming from uni and also I guess the system that was in place where I was working was it was very much kind of a set, almost a script-based assessment, which was good being a new grad because you had kind of all the questions, I guess, to ask. Um, but it was very much robotic where it's like, where are you feeling the pain? How would you describe it? And not much kind of free flowing conversation, which was kind of the main difference I noticed from the demo at the course, where it was very much just like what we're doing now, just sitting here talking and kind of as, as the practitioner, you kind of just guide them and when they go a little bit off the track, but yeah, it's kind of just a free flowing conversation. So, um, you know, I did courses at uni, like, stuff that focused on motivational interviewing, um, pain science as well. So I had exposure to that before. And again, it was stuff that I thought I was implementing. Um, but yeah, it was kind of there, but not really. That's interesting. So you were, you were taught like theoretically motivational interviewing and you, yeah. which university did you go to? I was at the uni, uh, University of South Australia. South Australia. Is, is that where the, the pain science kings are? Yeah, so yeah, yeah we got a, a very good, uh, Lorimer works out of there and we have a, a lot of a really good uh, group 
that work out of there, yeah. So you were hit with all the, the, the courses, like the theory, and there were, yeah. a f so you, you covered motivational interviewing, you covered yeah. pain science, yeah. and did that also cross over with the other courses, like the prac courses that you were doing? Not really at all. So at the time when I went through, I know it's changed now, uh, pain science was an elective. So there was only a small chunk of us guys that graduated that did it. And it was um, done with, uh, I believe, the psychology students. Um, so I think because it was a, a small minority of us, it wasn't really mentioned or brought up in the rest of the courses um, at all, which I probably found was the detriment in kind of applying it because I had this knowledge and you know when I was at the course and we were talking kind of about more the theory behind the pain science I was like yeah I know this stuff I've learned it but obviously the application wasn't there um, to my knowledge since they've changed it to a core subject uh, I believe the year after I graduated they changed the curriculum a little bit so um, one of my one of my close mates went through the year after and he said you know it was a bit better in the sense of going from learning it to then applying it. So hopefully it's changed a bit, but for me, there was kind of like, you have all this other information and then you have one course that kind of sticks out from the rest. So there really wasn't kind of help kind of trying to apply it and add it into practice. And the ones that probably stuck with you with clinical practice were the ones where you practiced like you yeah. were in a clinic. <laughs> so like yeah, you interview <laughs> and everything. And yeah. so, so I imagine it might've been a bit, I don't know, conf confusing or, um, like kind of contradicting where on like you'd get a subject on, on pain science and you'd talk about all these things and then you'd ask very specific questions about pain that didn't really make sense if you look at sense. the literature. Definitely very much so. And kind of the way that I had to try and, cause there was that confusion definitely for myself and the way I kind of tried to combat that was being like, Oh, well this must be applied to like more long-term chronic pain. These guys, these, this patient might have more acute pain, so it doesn't really apply to them. So kind of falling down that rabbit hole of trying to distinguish the two and then again, creating the narrative for the patient before they even have told their story. So I think that's the way when I look back and reflect that I kind of combated it where if I had someone for a long term, I'd, I would try and do some pain education, but if someone came in with like a diagnosis or a scan or something like that, I felt in the rabbit hole, it's like, oh, well, this is causing the pain, so I don't need to worry about that stuff. Interesting. So it's, it's yeah. a, like um, the, the next stage up where the bottom is like the, 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 you start off knee pain, back pain, shoulder pain. These are the set exercises. And above that, it's like, okay, maybe there's a bit more. So you have chronic pain and acute pain. And then you've got um, yeah. categories. And then at the top, maybe yeah. it's like the person. And then we'll go from there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. <laughs> awesome. For sure. And, and post the course, so, so this was now the, the week after, how did yeah. you start uh, applying, implementing, experimenting with the concepts in practice? Yeah, I, I remember, again, I was quite nervous going into the night before because, again, it's, it was quite different. I wasn't sure how people were would respond and I think it's one of those things where it's all good having that knowledge provided to you but until you actually experience yourself it's hard to kind of work out to put your own twist on how it's going to work so how patient we're going to we're going to respond to some of the questions or the lack of structure or more kind of guide, letting them guide um, the rehab so it was more of a case of just again throwing myself just like my first week from starting throwing myself into the deep end rolling with it seeing what worked what didn't um, noting down what patients responded really well to noting what they didn't and why maybe it was something I said maybe it was the way that I 
brought it across and then just over time refined it and 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 still to this day i, I don't think we've ever, we ever reach a point where we've perfected it and if you think that then i think that's a problem um so yeah still to this day just working out why oh, a patient didn't respond well or they didn't appreciate this or was it something i've said what did i do and then just a continual kind of process of implementing reflecting and then going from there really awesome so it's not like all the mistakes were erased and you never made a mistake <laughs> not at all and i i i, I kind of found I fell down I, I think i went from one end of the spectrum to the other where i kind of went to this kind of like oh if you're paying be careful you don't want to hurt yourself to the whole like oh do whatever you want and i, I know there's times with patients where i got a bit over the top and maybe gave them a bit too much freedom which kind of had the negative effect and did set them back a little bit but again to them it was you know it was just a case of okay let's drop it back down and you know we'll build back up as the tolerance improves but it was again it was good to have that error and be like okay you do need to take into consideration that yeah there's going to be times where there is too much and not kind of a case of just do whatever the hell you want so yeah there was definitely mistakes on that side of things that were made from my behalf as well that's awesome and kudos to actually trying and implementing and i mean you you had to from the start in your job so you were used yeah, to that, getting thrown into the deep end. You just got thrown into a different deep end this time. Exactly. Yeah, and as I, as I said uh, earlier, being kind of the only EP there, it, I think I was lucky in the sense that it gave me a freedom. Had I been working under, you know, or working with other EPs or maybe working at a clinic where there was another practitioner, maybe a physio or something kind of guiding me, I might have struggled to be able to implement the changes that it kind of, went against what their beliefs and biases were. So I was quite lucky in that sense. I was kind of provided with the perfect opportunity to really experiment and find my own way of practicing. Yeah, you hear that all the time where we're dictated or influenced largely by who we work with and our, our environment gives us some constraints in terms of in a, in a clinic, if we didn't have any exercise equipment, we'd have to adapt. If we had yeah. everyone around us doing corrective exercise and the, the brand of the clinic was Corrective 101, perfect. Then yeah. <laughs> it might be a bit hard to to implement these things. Definitely, for sure. So and, yeah, I was I feel very lucky in that sense. Yeah. Awesome. And did you have any? Um, so you mentioned you had a few mentors. Did you have any also like resources or people to 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 talk about, like colleagues to talk about this this yeah. kind of woke stuff now? Yeah. So I had um, obviously I, I I can't remember whether it was before or straight after I joined the knowledge exchange group on Facebook, which I think is awesome. I always, you know, always helps me stay up to date with some of the research, always find interesting posts or papers which challenge my views on things. So even if I wasn't actively participating in debates or discussions, kind of passively sitting from the sidelines and looking in, definitely helped seeing so many different people have so many different opinions, even though we kind of believe the same thing in a way. Um, and then, yes, yeah, talking to other people, some of my mentors who yeah, were working and talking about what I was trying to do and strategies that they thought. Um, but I think, yeah, that's the main thing is just sharing ideas with people because everyone has a different take on things. And I think that's the most fascinating thing about our profession is that really, as long as you're not trying to kill the patient, <laughs> there's no wrong or right way to do something. And I think that obviously, unfortunately, there's a small minority in the profession who do it for the wrong reason but i'd say you know 99 of people are there to generally help people and regardless whether they're doing 
corrective exercise biomechanics, more kind of implementing a biopsychosocial approach. Everyone wants to do it to generally help the patient. So to speak to so many different people, gain ideas, what's worked for them, what's didn't, um, and hear their reflections as well as my own definitely helped me on my journey. Awesome. Part of a, a different crew and, and also continually challenging yourself. It's not like the post course, you're never challenged ever again. No, not at all. <laughs> if, any, if anything, I, I was probably more challenged because, you know, then you'd come across practitioners who maybe didn't fully understand the concept or believe. And so they'd then challenge you into some, you know, educated debates. And, you know, I realized that I could back myself up a lot more with what I was saying and what I was doing. And I think that in myself made me realize that, yeah, this is probably the right path to go down because there was a bit more logic in it. There was a bit more evidence. Um, but that also challenged me to kind of make sure I refined my knowledge and skills on things because, you know, if I could get my way across and make uh, another practitioner understand what I'm doing and why, then I'm, you know, I'm going to be able to get that across to a patient. So that definitely helped as well. Amazing. And when, when you come across this, like the debates or the, the new information, what yeah and especially if it kind of doesn't make sense or it contradicts what you've been taught before or what you had known before yeah. how would you approach it and how would you recommend first years second years approach this new information i think number one for me was going straight to the source so if it wasn't from a paper it was maybe an infographic or someone referred to a paper i'd go and read the paper um, look at kind of the methods and stuff, make sure that it was reliable and valid and things like that. Because, um, you know, there's a lot of times where just like the news, they'll put out a nice kind of catchy kind of headline to kind of grab you in. But really, when you look deep, there's nothing much to it. Um, I remember one paper in particular I was looking at because um, one of the conditions in the clinic we saw, because um, there was some podiatrists that would be referred a lot of heel pain cases. And there was a paper that came out that said, this is the, like, it was in the kind of the news article regarding it was this is the best way to manage heel pain. And they were saying that orthotics is better than manual, um, manual therapy or something. And the kind of the study was literally, you either had orthotics or you didn't. And there was kind of, of course, any intervention is going to be better than none. So to kind of, put that out there so that's just an example of how the headline maybe sounds a bit better so yeah looking in deep making sure it's reliable looking uh, is there flaws in the research in the methods um and yeah maybe just if they if, if they've uh recommend something seeing i normally test things on myself my test i test on everything on myself so if, if there's a new exercise if there's a new strategy i'll implement it myself see how it goes and then if i like it i'll slowly try and again trial and error see how my patients respond if it doesn't work then i'll you know i'll try something else so yeah i think that's the main thing it's just trial and error there's it, there's no perfect way to do it i think and there's no one right answer either no not at all yeah awesome. I, I really like that you you reflect back and criticize the source and then you try it yourself so you, yeah. that kind of experiential process you go through each time yeah can give yeah. you, give you the, the information that you need to then refine your practice and translate the, that one research article into how you practice. Definitely, for sure. Nice, man. And for the new grads out there and for the, the, the freshies, first year, second year out, they're, mm -hmm. they're in our group they're, or they come across an infographic that challenges them. Lars Evermary gives them a copy and paste of a, like 30 articles in a comment. <laughs> they get... <laughs> they, they get challenged a lot with, in, in, in a debate with a, 
biopsychosocial zealot. Yeah. How, what some advice they'd give when people get with new grads and freshies coming out um, into the workforce, they come across information that contradicts everything they thought they knew. What's some yeah. advice you would give? Um, I, my, my, my first one would be just don't be afraid to make mistakes. So that could be if you, if you find something that contradicts yourself, don't then go down the rabbit hole of, oh, I've been doing this the whole, wrong the whole time. I've been neglecting my patients. Everyone makes mistakes. Um, I'm sure you could probably think back recently to a couple of times, maybe you've said the wrong thing to someone or, or done something that probably you could have done better. You know, it happens all the time. Um, I think as well, don't over, overcomplicate things as well. Um, saying like with myself, I'd start and I'd probably give way too many exercises, like four to six exercises, the whole program, do this two to three times a week um, as well. Um, yeah, and don't be scared to have your beliefs challenged. It's normal welcome it with open arms and be always willing to have an open mind and adapt um and don't yeah fall down the rabbit hole of well this has worked before so this is the best way to do it um because i don't think anyone likes someone like that <laughs> yeah. not at all and and we're constantly changing and and yeah. one thing i forgot to ask initially was how does yeah. how has your practice now evolved with all this this yeah. information Definitely for sure. So I think one of the main things for me was I, I think, yeah, definitely coming out, I focused way too much on the prescription, as I said, trying to find the perfect exercise, perfect set of exercises. I think now it's just become the easiest thing because listening to the patient's story and having a really deep discussion really allow, enables them to kind of guide where prescription goes. So, oh, I can't, I, I work, you know, in a factory and I, I have to pick these things up and I struggle because it's so okay perfect now we know something to do let's focus on picking something up off the ground whether it's some form of deadlift at varying heights or something like that or oh, I want to I want to run but that's painful okay cool let's focus on running or building up the exposure uh, to the body building up the load tolerance so it, it takes I guess the pressure it was like a weight lifted off my shoulder when I realized that you know just listen to the patient and they'll tell you what to do and that's probably one of the biggest quotes that stood out to me that Brendan said at the course was um, the answers are all there. It's just up to you to find them. And at the day, if you can just sit back and listen, the patient tells you everything you need to know and you can just go with that. So um, as well, I'm very much, I love movement explorations and, and challenging patients beliefs, um, not telling them they're completely wrong, but kind of bringing them on that journey at the same time. So maybe it's, you know, um, their belief is they do F45, so they've been told that if they squat with their knees past their toes or there's not perfect alignment, then they're going to hurt themselves. So getting them to perform squats with the worst technique possible and then them realising that they're not in pain, it hasn't made things worse. So adding in some, you know, loaded exercises to build up load tolerance, but also some explorations along the way and just telling them to move. No one likes to be told not to move at the end of the day. Um, so even if it's a good case that they can't, run to a case it could be a case of okay let's do maybe some some form of agility drill and they're still doing some form of running um yeah getting keep trying to keep the activity levels as normal as possible i uh, found as well is what kind of helps with the patient awesome and you never pain science them at all oh no, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um so i kind of uh, i fell down the rabbit hole of in the, the first session overlearning with way too much information kind of doing the subjective assessment 
Um, and then be like, cool, this is this. And then going down, like doing all these explanations, whether it's something like Twins Peak model or under, uh, explaining how pain's protective. Um, I kind of, I try and keep things as simple as possible. So I'll just do this subjective assessment. Maybe I'll go home and tell them, okay, let's experiment doing this. Um, when you do your exercise at the gym, try doing this instead, or maybe implement this. And then come back to the second session, then slowly expose them to it. Um, again, going back to the course, one of the most important things I think I took from Brennan was don't just give them information, give them an experience. So rather than just sitting down and being like, this is what happens because of this, this is the science behind it, and then expect them to have this kind of euphoric change in the moment, like, ah, I understand, pain's fine. Um, maybe it's, like I said, getting them to perform a squat with awful technique and being like, how did that feel? Oh, fine. And then relating it back to things. So, oh, well, maybe, you know, if it was because of, you know, that the fact that your knees can't pass your toes and you'd expect to have a lot more pain or, you know, be a lot worse, but you're not and you're fine. So, and then reflecting and linking that back. So it's rather than kind of hitting them all at the start and be like, okay, so that's the fact. Now let's get into it. It's kind of along the process, sprinkling it in and then using that to kind of gain their trust in something that maybe challenges what they think they can do. They're, they're getting educated in the, the process of, of experimenting with it. Yeah, that's awesome. Very much so. Yeah. Cool. That's, that's, that's the best way of educating through experience, just like with your own clinical practice, you've, you've yeah. grown through trial and error and experimenting exploration of these 100%. concepts. Yeah, awesome. 100%. So any listeners listening to this one, we do run courses. We don't just post memes and post studies and, <laughs> and all that in the group. So head over to tkex.org slash courses. And we also run one-on-one mentoring there as well. Josh, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you, picking your brain a bit. And man, I wish yes. I wish I was as work as you second year out. I would have saved <laughs> Thank you. so that. much money on courses that weren't as helpful. <laughs> I appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Josh. See ya. See ya.